Hi, everyone. So I didn't write a card. <laughs> but in your mind somewhere, in the minds of the people, there are questions to be had. He's really active on threads now. Quantity. So we have a lot of information available. <laughs> Did you say threats? You gave a lot this of threats, threats out this weekend? What's up, Pimp? This threats. I, I had thought about trying to ask for questions from people. Oh, yeah. I thought we thread. did that. Maybe didn't. Well, no. This is on Thread now. Got it. Thread Mark, Thread is Mark, is... Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg's Twitter. Yeah, I was going to say. Zuck's twit. Um, and then I just started answering people's questions instead of just taking them. That means you found yourself some passion. I did. Yeah. I did. I was really excited. And I thought it would be interesting to go over what I responded to see if you guys had any input on it. Threads, dude. Threads for threats. Checking your, we're checking your work. Is that or what we're see saying? If you we're have anything your work? to add? Oh, maybe some cliff notes for the boys and girls out there. People. I should have got that espresso. If this is the train we're rolling on, I've got right, espresso. Go. It's very clean, Listen, actually. You very guys delicious. Can change the direction. You know what? Of the you train just start talking, no, and we're going to start responding. Plan a seed. We'll this see what happens. This is how conversations work. Talk and response. So call us All right, to respond. To the, let's go to the fishing one. Fishing. Fishing. Have you ever been fishing? Okay, I'm no. a salmon egg guy in a river, and you got to find the deep spots and look for shade or under, like places where the rocks are under. That's where the trout are. Catch and release, unless you're going to go straight to cooking them or putting them on ice. Put them out of their misery, misery quick. You don't yeah, want them to get any adrenaline. It'll make them taste more fishy. And for people who think that the milk helps, I don't think so, dog. Milk? Yeah, people say that milk makes it less fishy, like suck them in milk. Which, yeah. whether that's true or not, I'm like, whatever, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Anyways, that's my that was fishing. Somebody just went camping. I didn't fish, though. I'm, just... I'm an outdoors guy now. Yeah. You don't have to go fishing when you camp. You No, like... you do. And I felt like I didn't camp okay. because I didn't fish. So. You shoot any guns? I was just outdooring. I, I didn't shoot guns, but there are a bunch of people with, uh, like dune buggies up there and horses. Mm, dune buggies. Anyways, All back right. to you, fishing. Somebody reached out. It's like Amish paradise out there. I asked, what are some challenges you're currently facing? Nice and pointed question. One person General reached out and problems. said, how to deal with the fact that growth is a lot of times like fishing. You have to keep casting your line out in a lot of spots and might be a waste of time, but trusting that eventually you may catch something worth keeping. Uh, they went on to say sales, trying new menus, trying to grow in, to multiple locations, etc. To which I responded, when you fish, you're doing a lot more than just casting. Looking over it... <laughs> <laughs> Looking at it that way overshadows all the little variables that are a part of it. If you ever if you're ever feeling stuck, change your perspective. Zoom out and see if you're on track for your larger goal or zoom in and refine the little processes along the way. Goals help keep progression in perspective. How do you guys feel about fishing? I feel like using the general analogy of fishing and with, I felt like the assumption is you just like throw something in there and hopefully you get something. And that analogy doesn't work for me because there is, like you said, a lot more intention involved. So much more to it. It's like, like I just said, I literally just told you how to fish for the kind of trout, I, the fish that I know how to fish for, right? In these certain lakes, rivers, I'm sorry, not lakes. I don't know how to fish lakes. I know how to fish rivers, which maybe you could start there. What do you know about? There's something you know about something when it comes to business or anything. So start there. What do you know about? What do you feel like you have been interested in? And then, you would, yeah, like I know how to catch a certain kind of fish. And I know because I've had some experience. So hopefully this person did. That's going to help you decide what to do with your business. But like I said, you take, for me, it's been a salmon egg and a certain amount of weight that gets to a certain depth. And you walk up and down these rivers and you look for specific spots. Sounds like you could be scouting a location. Weird. You know, like. And those spots yeah. are going to be good or bad, potentially, so you don't know everything, based on some variables. For me, it's like, is there deep spots with shadows? Are there places where the rocks come out and you can tell that there's spots underneath the rocks for, say, a fish to hide? Jared went away for a week and somebody <laughs> knows everything about no, fish. It's funny, but no. <laughs> it's on fire, dude. <laughs> I was shadows. Like, he, if we're gonna ask about it, I grew I grew up fishing with my grandpa my grandparents. <laughs> that's why. They'd take me fishing at this place called Walker River and we'd catch like you could catch your limit and like if you knew exactly where to put the uh salmon egg, you could catch your limit of ten fish in like less than an hour because of the spots. So that's for me, I'm like, this that's uh I can know some things, right? So anyways, if it's a deep lake, you got to find the right amount of weight you put in there. Deep river, sorry. If not, that's it. But you keep throwing it in that spot and slowly reeling it in. And boom, you got a fish. The end. 
Well, they, I, I mean, the question they're asking is how do you deal with that? And that's a really hard question to answer because I think the fishing analogy works for me where it's with almost everything in life, you're engaging in this process, hoping for a certain outcome with absolutely no guarantee that the outcome will come. Yeah. Sure. You know, some days you catch a lot. Some days you might catch nothing. Some days you're fishing somewhere else. Some days you're, it's it's just you have no idea. So yeah. it's really the question is kind of how do you keep how are you how do you stay motivated to work despite all the uncertainty or to well, do what you need to do despite all the uncertainty? That's why I was saying that simplifying it just casting is is oversimplifying it because Agreed. you're doing so much more. They came back and they they said, these are their initial thoughts after me saying that. One, educate yourself. Study the industry. And they likened it to get a fishing license, which okay. is just fun. Yeah. Um, then they Have went they on, been fishing? Because that's just five bucks and you don't learn anything from getting a fishing license. You literally just, that's, <laughs> no offense, but uh, the fishing license is. Uh, yeah. But yeah, educate yourself is super <laughs> wise. Yourself. Just to rip on you a little they bit. They went on to say, have the right tools. Yeah, um, and they also followed it up with, "Are you in the right place?" Um, they said, "Are you in the right place to receive feedback?" And is your mission, vision, values engaging the right people? And they likened that to find your lucky fishing spot. Great. Sure. Um, the shadows. The shadows. <laughs> what we do in the shadows. <laughs> so it's just really interesting to go. They went from this perspective of I'm just casting and hoping to find yeah. something to, oh, I see all these different areas in which. I could start to learn or I could focus on and I'm not just casting. Which so, is that's a fun engaging concept to talk through for sure. Yeah. Um I still think I mean yeah, you're not going to know what you're going to get back every day like you said Chris, it is going to be up and down, but I still think that there is more to success than in terms of the, the intentionality, right? Like I see so many places that I feel bad for because it looks like they have a concept they want to execute on, but they don't do their due diligence and find like the right space for it. So you have a place that is either it's, it's tucked away in a, in a, a place that's either really ugly or it's just not the right building. It's like, dang, this could be awesome, but nobody's going to find it, nor does anybody want to come here. And I feel bad for a lot of people who put a lot of money into a project and they don't maybe take, have the patience to find the right locations for whatever it might be. I see it all the time. There's all these, towns we go through and even in ours like dang why did they pick this spot it's such a bummer and sometimes i can you're like making a bet on yourself but i think you have to be educated enough to know like if i'm going to pick a location that's going to only be seen or like not be interesting that i need to have more plans to either get people there and find a way to retain them or a long enough runway of spending money to know that i'm going to like spend a year or two establishing this space, you know, I, I think when we opened Verve back in the day, that first spot, right? A lot of people were worried about it, which I thought was weird because it was so close to the ocean and at the end of the street. But Such a good at spot. the end of, I know, at the end of 41st, at that time, there wasn't much there at all. And there needed to be a runway for sure because it was another quote unquote, you know, another coffee shop in town. But at the same time, it to me and for anybody, I think who had any sort of vision whatsoever would see, Oh no, this is clearly going to be an awesome location very soon, right? It's visible. You're passing it on the way to the ocean. You literally are going to drive as close to it as possible on the way away from the ocean. After you surf, it's walkable to one of the best surfing spots in all of Santa Cruz. Like it's going to be awesome no matter what, as long as we give it, you know, the attention that it's going to get. So it's interesting to me because you could do that same thing. And say you actually tried to open up a cafe, like, I don't even know, like, in the back corner over here, it might be a little harder than if you are visible yeah. and you're, like, in a space where it's attractive kind of by default outside. You know, like, literally walking by, it's kind of a semi-attractive area. But, I mean, if if your goal is to have a boutique cafe, like, have a really cool just place where your cafe is really dialed and you don't care about yeah. reaching as many people, corner spot like that. Could be cool. Is Chris's favorite spot. Yeah. But what are we, how what many, are we even talking about? How right many now? Chris's are out there? <laughs> like, what's happening? We went from fishing to find a good location. I'm so confused right now. 
It's okay. Let's do it though. I'm find ready. a good location. Find a good location. Well, that was one of the things you could do with fishing is find a little spot. Mm, find a spot. That's what you're talking about. Because you a know, good spot. I mean, that's one thing. Yeah, and people spend a lot of time. Well, there was he was talking about resources too, and there was something to do with growth in the question, right? Yeah, you're just saying like to grow. Sometimes it just feels repetitive. Anyway. Sure. So what 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 I'm hearing is. Jared sees the analogy. Chris doesn't. Questions are kind of a dud for me, honestly. All right. <laughs> this question's a dud. It's so broad. It's like, how do I live life not knowing what's going to happen, but I have to live it anyway? Yeah, but that's what people need help with sometimes. They right, need help, like, being able to see, like, for instance, that's the, that is a point. People don't see that the location really matters, and I think that's huge. I think people know location matters. Then we'll go around and look at all these businesses in town that could be cool but have shitty locations. Like, are that you know, like, maybe you think they're in those locations because it was like their first pick for location? Yeah. Or maybe, you know what I mean? Like, the that's what I'm saying. Dealt. Well, Where... it's not the hand they're dealt because they have to pick the location. They have to sign a lease. They have to make a decision. Let me, so, like, let me... sitting on your sitting on your idea longer and finding a location that's going to promote your success is far better than saying, I'm going to open up this business no matter what and putting yourself behind, super far behind. Were That's there what I'm other saying. were there other locations you guys were looking at for Portola? The dream location was the old barn that was on Portola and right. but that's like 30, five million dollars. No, it's just unavailable. Um oh, we looked at no. Aptos actually. The uh, exact the, spot. The same spot. We put in a letter of interest there, but they denied us because we didn't have any track record, which is totally understandable. Um that probably wouldn't have been a great first location for us. No, that would have been slow and hard. It would have been a lot slower. Um, there weren't too many other things. I mean, we got really lucky, is the truth. Like, we got super, super there is lucky. There's some luck that comes into fishing. There's a lot of luck that came into, you know, I mean, it's this combination, you know, people say that whole that whole thing where it's like, yeah, luck. It's, and we were also prepared for it, right? We got lucky that Dale and Brenda wanted to lease us the building, but we laid the foundation for years just by showing up and treating everybody who we came into contact with super, super well. So it's like if we would have been complete assholes when we were working behind the counter on 41st, there's no way we would have got that lease even if it was available. Right. So that's a whole different story. That's that's a That's a story that really resonates that i try to tell people i don't know if they pick up on it a lot but it's just like everything you're doing matters way more than you actually think it does well if you come into work and just call it in you're not just calling it into your job you could be calling it in and missing opportunities for something that's way way bigger and way more important that you can't even imagine yet so it makes sense to a treat other people well b show up at your job with respect and intentionality and do the best work that you can. I think if you do those things, things are going to be good. You have those opportunities. Like, like you're more likely to get those opportunities if you do that. Again, yeah. it's not a guarantee, but you're, you're, you you got to believe there's a possibility. Well, it's education. And well, it's not even about too. believing in the possibility. It's like, yeah, you, you would hope that there's a possibility. You are more leveraged to do those things if you show up like that. Mm. Yeah. You know, and it, and it works in smaller things too, where it's what are the opportunities in the organization that you have, even if it's just something as simple as one of the coolest things about jobs that I've had was I had the opportunity to go on a lot of trips and I had companies that supported me in going on those trips. Now, when you have 50 employees at a company and there's four that go on trips, why are those four going on trips? It's not just a random thing, you know? It's not just, oh, I pick someone just because. It's generally people who are providing value outside of the normal day-to-day -day job or who are so engaged in their job on such a level that the organization sees them as, I would, I would enjoy for them to represent me at this industry function or at Origin or at a barista competition or, you know, whatever it is. So those are smaller rewards that are meaningful that you can get just by showing up. Again, there's no guarantee that you will get them. There's no guarantee that your employer will recognize that. But it does give you a better shot.
Yeah. You are more likely to do that than the person who comes in, does the bare minimum, and kind of phones it in. There's you can no, tell they can't tell. There's the no kid, guarantee. Yeah. There's yeah. no guarantee that the guest you're serving across the counter, who is a realtor, will actually approve you to lease the building you want, which would be perfect for your future location. But Correct. You, no do have, you do have live wire feedback and education all along the way if you decide to be a studier of people and your work. Sure. So it's like, Every single moment. Study your industry. Yeah, but also study the human study. Call that. Like, that's Just more the important. Indus- the industry is in, like, who's coming into you. I go broader. Sure. Humans. Literally, like, whether he- industry or not. Because it's not industry. Humans aren't industry in our yeah, cafes. Yeah. Humans are humans. Yeah. So what you're doing every day is you're getting live wire feedback from concierge station, from barista stand, as much as you'd like based on how well you're doing, if you decide to interact with them and engage with them. And to me, that's the study that tells you, what am I going to get a response from when I start a business? And if you're paying attention to that every single day, you're going to know you try things and you do have standards from a business perspective and a, and a missional company perspective. But that's, I think, a lot of our success is what you're doing there is you're educating yourself for whenever you're going to do whatever you're going to do next, you're going to know if I do it like this, I get generally this response. You get this huge case study of thousands and thousands and thousands of people of, if I talk like this and act like this, this is the response I generally get. And you get to do a really diverse case study of realtors, lawyers, doctors, moms, dads, et cetera, et cetera. And they all, you're going to get a broad scope understanding if you're paying attention and if you're trying of how people are going to respond to the work you do, the quality of the coffee, the quality of whatever, the quality of whatever yeah. you put out. Yeah. You really are just doing research all day long in a really engaging, meaningful, personal way. And to me, that's like, that's why fishing in the way that I was talking about it makes sense is like, if you know the, the river has fish, there's only a certain amount of spots where you're going to get them. And so like, you know, and then if you know how to catch them, that's kind of where my mind keeps going with this analogy is like, yeah, you maybe aren't going to catch as like at the beginning of the business, right? You're not going to catch as many as you're going to catch later on, but you are going to know how to catch a fish for sure. And you can kind of bank on yourself. Be like, I'm going to get some. And that to me is like invaluable. And it does yeah. start. It can start if you decide you want to be this kind of person in the long haul, like the day you walk into any job, especially in service. Honestly, hospitality is like a great way to learn about people. Mm-hmm. A weird way to learn about people for a lot of folks, but they don't necessarily look at it like that because you're right. You can phone it in and it has to be a job and it's tiring and it's because they might not be seeing it from the broad. They might be seeing it too in a too tight of a way. They're like, oh, I got to do this task, this task, this task, this task. And it can feel dead end. I get it. If but you don't the, have that ambition, but you have to understand that there's usually people on the other end of each one of those tasks. Yeah. I mean, I every interaction a day is a person. And so, yeah, we talk about it being important all the time, but it's also. It's genuinely interesting if you want to learn about this stuff for your future. And that that application goes for any job you'll ever, ever have in the future. For anywhere, right? Because you're going to have to work with humans somewhere. So at least you can understand how it might work better or worse for you as you co-interact with peers. So that's kind of where I get excited about that concept. So I can guarantee you that you can learn a lot from that intro level spot for this kind of application. Yeah. Cool story, Hansel. All right, Chris didn't like that question. Let's find another one. Next question. Can't like everything. You got so many questions, though. Yeah, we can't like everything. There was there was a lot. Well, you fucked up by trying to answer them all already. <laughs> uh, it's not that I tried to answer them all. Oh, I you did. did. I did answer, answer them all. all. <laughs> oh, Clayman. Um, hey, I was, I was trying to lead into this one with the whole getting into the first cafe because there was some aspect of you guys talk a lot about starting Portola and going, we didn't have a choice. We had to get, you know, you know, we had to open by a certain day or (laughs) so you had a lot of things like that to where it's like somebody might not have an option of what building they're in because that's the cards. That's ultimately how things shook out for them. Yeah. Uh, Somebody asked, what's the one thing you regret not doing when you launched your first cafe? Alternatively, what is the absolute non-negotiable when y'all launched your first cafe? And I responded saying, regret is such ha, regret has such a negative connotation. The limitation of our first cafe was how much money we had. So there are things that we that we might have wished we had that we didn't. Absolutely, but uh, 
but we don't have regret over that limitation. We look back and see what we accomplished with what we had and have pride for what we learned. And then I said, the non-negotiable, the non-negotiable was to do. Uh, when adversity came, we couldn't stop. Did that mean we had to pivot? Yes. Did that mean we made mistakes? Absolutely. But we're here now and we're proud to be. Chris, how did that make you feel? <laughs> how would that make me feel? Oh, wait. How would that make you feel? So am I supposed to answer the question or comment on your answer? That one. And if you have anything else to add. Like, is there anything you regret not having? We can wait till. You... Okay. I, have to, it's, I, had to, I don't have my phone on the answering shenanigans, but That's the girls fine. are in a class and I, I'm the emergency medical contact. And it's cooking, so I'm like, maybe they slice their <laughs> hair. It was like a fire. <laughs> Grease fire. Yeah. Oh, there's hair. Anyway, so you. Is there anything I missed? Am I off the base in answering it that way? Is I mean, there anything you do regret? I don't really regret anything. Exactly. You can't regret anything. That's yeah. just not productive. It's not the right word. That's why I said it has like such a negative connotation. Cause it's yeah. Like, I mean, if you're looking back to the past, obviously you see some things that you would do differently, but that doesn't mean you regret what you did. You did the best job that you could with the knowledge that you had. Yeah. And that's all you can do. Like, what else are you going to do? That's... Some of the, a lot of these questions, it's kind of like, what's the alternative, you know? What's, right. the, what's the alternative? If the only alternative is to have it absolutely perfect right out of the gate, well, that's not even an option. So it's just playing forward. Well, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. There's no regret. And even to the point, Wiser, you were talking about with like, hey, you know, like maybe you got a little bit lucky with Portola and this other location. But the other thing is it's like we started moving at a, at a rate we did based on signing the lease and finding the location. And before that, we were... I think wise enough or educated enough to know where we wanted to be versus didn't want to be. So we wouldn't have found ourselves, I don't think, in a location that we weren't excited about in yeah. some capacity, right? Whether, yes, Aptos would have been a slower, longer path for sure, especially with the build out of the whole, you know, area still going right now, you know, six years later. Yeah. But we also weren't just going to like, go into anywhere because we loved our cafe like you know we both had jobs that we were in at the time or we were doing things that were able to sustain us for the life we had in the moment yeah. that we could have stayed working on and so we were still we were like i guess we had discipline or boundaries enough to, to decide like we're going to go in a location that we believe we're going to make work we're not going to go into a location because we want to start cat and cloud so bad so fast yeah. you know yeah so I, I don't really There's have any regrets restraint. either. We 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 laid a lot of foundation in the work we did prior, like we've been talking about this whole podcast, and then we we put feelers out and we were we were ambitious. We, you know, we were reaching out to that's the thing. Like I reached out to Dale, who was in not interested and in, not in as far as we knew in commercial. Right? I'm like, hey, you're in oh, residential. Yeah, he was, yeah. I mean it's the same thing with our contractor, Nico. It's like we don't have contractors. Cool. I remember this guy, Nico. We like him. I know he does construction. I don't even know to what degree. And it's like turns out from then to now he's like the preferred contractor in town, like one of the two. So it's it's all these connections and just like, hey, I don't know. You remember me? We didn't remember each other, but like I know you're not in commercial, but do you know if you can put me in touch with somebody? Because people aren't, you know, giving us the time of day in commercial because we don't really have a track record otherwise, aside from like barista competitions. Like actually, you know. And that that's some of this too, is networking and being willing to put yourself out there and be vulnerable and be like, I can't do this. I need help, you know? Yeah. And that stuff goes a long way too. Next question. <laughs> no regrets, dude. No regrets. Not even a no single letter. Well, no regrets. Their, their follow-up to that was, wow, that helped me zoom out for my laser focus on just getting it all done perfectly right in this first big moment of my journey. So good. Good perspective. Anyway, perfect is not even a real thing in the world. This was this was a really fun one. It's really short and it kind of it's <laughs> I'll preface it by saying sorry that wasn't helpful, but they said how to tell if my grind is consistent enough. So I said, if you grind your coffee the same way every day, then it's consistent. <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> You're just That's funny though. I like threats. that one. <laughs> I went on, I did a I did a better anyway. I, like I said, I prefaced it with "sorry, this wasn't helpful." What? Uh, how was? What, what were you doing on Threads? Like, what? What? What was? 
What was the impetus for getting on threads and connecting with people? I was people? trying to figure out what card to write today, and then I thought, oh, I'll see what, what feedback there is on here right now. But you did this Friday, right? No, I did this yesterday. You did this yesterday. You yeah. were on threads. Yeah. He was fishing, so, if you will. I was fishing. I was trying to do get my pre-work in. Where do you think you'd fish the How do you usually uh, write the card? What's the usual process for the card? Uh, so, for example, we recently just updated our values here, right? And I have a whole document that has ideas that have come across throughout the week, and one of them was, oh, our values, they just changed. And I wrote out this whole thing. And uh, I was, like, waiting for the question to come from it. And I just realized I just kept writing, and I didn't actually ask a question. And this was all just, like, facts, more or less. So I'll pull it up. It said, <laughs> our value. So the question, basically, like, I come up with topics, and I will write them as they feel appropriate. So I tried to write one that was appropriate because based on our values – and I guess I never actually wrote any questions. But it says, our values are the guiding tools for our actions and decision-making. And we selected these specific values because we believe they empower our team with the most efficient and supporting path towards achieving our mission. Inspire connection by creating memorable experiences. That mission is something we desire to achieve with our team members as well as with our guests. For example, having a value of hospitality makes sense when providing a service, a service to a guest but you might not realize how it can be applied to your teammates. When working in an environment where teammates show hospitality to one another, working together with empathy and intention, the possibility of someone working working away oh sorry, the possibility of someone walking away inspired about what work can be or what they're able to achieve is much higher. I wrote all that and I was like what do they talk about with that? <laughs> I don't think you're so answering Kush's question, though. Where do that? you find? How, how do you? No, write no, the card? I'm saying oh. I wrote. I would write all. I would oh, you write were these trying out. to start. I was and trying then find to start a card. A card and I see what you're and saying. I just wrote that. So you start with an idea, <laughs> and I start with you an idea, riff on and then I try bit, to figure out how to ask it, see if the question presents itself. Yes. And where are your fishing holes for these questions? So I wrote these this morning, and I didn't get a chance to create the card. But I said, "How did you pick them?" How do you guide someone to finding their own values? Not telling them the answer, rather sharing how you found your way so that they might be able <clears> to find yours. So, for example, what are some things that stood out to you guys as owners that inspired you to want to have the values that support our mission? Hmm. Like, what inspired you to think that hospitality is something that could be applied in all the different ways that we imply it? There's a question. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Start with your case study. Like I went back to the beginning. Start watching what works and what matters and where the engagement starts happening with between peers, teammates who work for a place, what maybe what's missing and what could improve on an experience. But for me, that's a huge part of it is that all that people study and combining it with things that mattered and made at times, like when the morale's the highest, when those things hum, you know, like with morale being high, so shall business be high, in my opinion. Like morale and business work together, and so it's funny. It's like, I mean, you can still make a lot of money without morale being high, but I still, if you bring up morale, your business will continue to go up. So I think all these things can work together, in my opinion, to to cohesively make a beautiful picture. Um, you mix human need with business need, and you find your path forward in, in your own way and i guess we have our specifics but that's that's your general quick answer yeah. to how i look at values for a business and then again giving people a place to meet i i think what i also want to hear is because i know that a few months back <clears throat> all three owners all three of you chuck included sit down uh, sat down on your truck was passing i know it's gonna be really got, loud sat later. down got our megaphones out you, you sat down on your monday meetings and you guys set time aside to go through and refine them and back in january as the executive team matt we met and you guys soft launched these values to us and uh, i think they were slightly different so it's like what conversations were had between then and now to refine them to where they are 
Like, is there anything that stands out to you looking back on that going, oh, we, you know, we talked about hospitality because it's part of, the, it was part of this thing, hats, and we realized that, oh, it's actually applies. I don't know. What are some well, of the Well, I think you're approaching it from a different direction. Okay. So that sounds like you're approaching it like almost analytically or in my mind, values are more <laughs> Sorry. feelings and emotional base. So in the same way that you have your own set of personal values, yeah. at least for me, my personal values are, are based off of the way I feel or the way things feel when certain things click. So if I'm thinking about you know, something like hospitality, it's a little bit, the way I get there is different than what we talked about before. We were talking about, oh, you have this opportunity, even if you're just working the register in a cafe to connect with people or improve people's days, like that's, you know, that's awesome. But for me, I look inside and when, when I feel like I do something that takes care of someone fully and make someone's day special. I like the way that feels Yeah, like that's a values are kind of a selfish thing, even though when you channel them through the context of a business, they work to serve other people. But I think you can't get there from the outside in. They have to be true and honest to you. you. And because of that, at least for me, they feel really, really emotional. And I think it's hard for people it's probably hard for a lot of businesses to take the deepest parts of their emotion and wave them like a flag because mm. once you do that you're really really exposed you're saying these are the things that are the most important to me this is a belief system for me in a sense yeah. and this is the this is what i have to share with the world and this is my unique contribution when it, when we do all these things right these like magical things happen and that's why, you know, people shouldn't have the same set of, of values. You know, it wouldn't it would be weird if our values were the same, same as, as Dunes, were yeah. the same as Verves, were the same as intelligentsias. That would be really, really strange. There's probably some overlap when you're taking people, <clears throat> you know, it would it would be odd if you were in the hospitality industry and didn't like serving others. Yeah. That would be strange. But there's all these little little things that are more emotional than facts based. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the art. Is trying to, to, and I think it's, yeah, I think to your point, being vulnerable enough to try to turn your values into like into a realistic living, breathing thing and share them with people is probably scary for some people. But I think that's maybe the difference between the businesses that are special or, or versus the ones that aren't and where you can resonate. And I think the magic in the artistry is finding a way to take them and share them and then you know, it is from your point of view, how do you operationalize them, right? Because somebody else has to be able to, you have to find a way to connect with the emotion to whoever you're working with. Yeah. And it's, that's probably the most challenging part because it is slightly easier to give steps of service in hospitality. However, you can't do that without a lot of experience, right? In that case study to begin with. So you can't, you can, but I think you can do it and save a lot of energy by putting forth the effort and learning along the way and finding where does, where does my personal value in that fire come from? And then how do I both talk about it and share it and instill it over and over and over again, which is forever going to be the work. And then how can I turn it into something that people can physically grab and do even when they don't fully understand it on the level that we do? Cause it's, you know, we're, and the people who've been here the longest, um, have danced with those values in conversation longer. And I think people can grab them from the very beginning and resonate with them. We try to do values-based interviewing to help with that. And I think that's why we consistently bring on some of the most amazing team members ever. I have, I have, I have um, uh, Google notifications turned on on my phone. Uh, and Security alert. Security, Security alert. Security alert. Again. And I constantly see the so-and-so left you a great review. And consistently it is friendliest people yeah and it's i yeah it's just interesting to see that knowing that hospitality and taking care of people is you know at the core of us and how it's been consistent mhm mhm i mean in back guest, your... uh, we got a um an invitation to a wedding yeah in washington in the mail yeah and Who's like, going? They, <laughs> Jen, <laughs> send somebody, dude. Call them on their invitation. <laughs> we invited all seven. So, uh, 
Um, but I thought that, uh, but they wrote on there like, we we came in, we were visiting, we were visiting from out of town. We came in, and your team made us feel like family. They gave us like samples of like all these different coffees, and like that's insane. Yeah, and it's just awesome that did they specify? We, I can't remember. Did they specify which which cafe they went to or store? No, they didn't. Man, that'd be so Coming sick. Coming from if San Francisco, didn't. I would guess that it was Swift, but uh, I don't. But I don't know. But that's also what's. Hey, Tanner and Kendall, right? Was that their names? No, Kendall's Kendall and Tanner, my friends. But Tanner and <laughs> it was Tanner. No, and it's Tanner and somebody. That's how I remember hey, Cat it. Cat and Cloud. Tanner and somebody. Tanner and like is another T. I don't know. It's in on the desk. Yeah, but, write but, in. Tell us which store. Maybe we could send some of them up, dude. But <laughs> call your bluff, dude. You we're all coming. The fact the fact that they didn't write what store is awesome because I believe that they would get that experience no matter the cafe they and went they to. Maybe went to more than one. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. And and that's but, why I, I shared it with the retail team because it was hey. We didn't prompt you guys to make these people like we didn't say, oh, like the wedding couple's coming in, make them feel special. No, you did that for anyone yeah. that came in. Yeah, and it's just interesting to see that it's not interesting. It's it's awesome to see such a consistent experience of our team members wanting to take care of people. Totally, and that's I don't know. So it you, makes me happy. I mean, you take that full circle, and it's like. Somebody moves to Washington and they're looking for somebody, and it just so happens that Tanner or Kenelin or whatever their names are, one of them is the con one of the Kenelin's camp. Kenneling. One of them's the contact that they connect with that really helps them on the next step. And they're like, "Oh, you were at that place. You served me this thing. I got your back. We're going somewhere." That Taylor and Tanner. Taylor's uh, Taylor and Tay and Tan. Tay and maybe Tan. you know. That stuff is amazing. And yeah, shout out to the whole team for that. So the values are essentially like closest thing to you that you're just your closest beliefs that you're airing out to the rest of the world. I mean, it's, it's, there's no different. The only difference between personal values and, and organizational values like ours is that your own personal values are for you to decide. Right, you and only you and you and only you have to live. You by and them. only you, yeah, have to live with them. Have to have to execute on them. And one of the things that we talk about in orientation to you know explain why values are so important to us is is just that everyone has a set of personal values, a set of beliefs, and when you live according to those values and according to those beliefs, you feel good about yourself. Even when you have to make hard decisions, even when those values take you down a hard path, you still feel good. And when you make decisions that go against those values, even if it's for short-term gain, you feel kind of icky inside. You feel kind of gross. Yeah. And that's the same thing with an organization. We have to figure out some sort of a compromise or higher-order value set because myself, Jared, and Charles are three different individuals with yeah. a ton of overlapping interests and passions and core values, but we're not the same person, mm -hmm. right? So we're coming together to form an organization that's bigger than any of the three of us. So that's part of the conversation. That's not necessarily the conversation of this last values update. So there's a couple of things that can change to make you want to, quote unquote, redo your values. Yeah. Usually for us, it's not changing the core of what we believe it's finding a better way to express what we've always believed. Yeah. So hospitality is by far and away the best word we could use to talk about what we're trying to foster that environment. And it was like we talked about in the meeting it was strange that it was never part of our values in yeah. the beginning. It, it didn't make sense. And it was so magnetic that we tried to work it in like you were saying in other parts of the business in other um acronyms that we had going on so that's yeah. that's a way that they can change another way that they can change i mean it's we've we haven't been completely sheltered from outside influence mm -hmm. you know as we're learning and growing and there are demands put on the business sometimes by the people in it sometimes by the culture at large that make you feel like you want to shift in a certain way like we've done some value shifts that just didn't work out probably because at, at our core, maybe we didn't really believe in them necessarily, you know? 
even though we're just trying. So you found a way to convince yourself that it was right or something like that. Yeah, it feels like well, it could be right, maybe, but I don't. Like really had, I think it. we maybe hadn't articulated it as well. Mm. It's like assuming that hospitality was clear because even though we never said hospitality was clear, yeah, you know, it's like well, if we leave people happier when we found them, then we did our job, and that's hospitality. But we didn't say hospitality, so and it's not in our you know our values. It's part of our mission. Yeah, and it's said via like a subset of saying our mission. So it's, it's clear, right? And it's like, no, it's actually not. We just well, maybe learned. I'm drawing a blank too, though, because I think there was some point. <laughs> in, I remember when we were meeting in uh, Cruzio downtown with the leadership team, and we were, there was some values restructuring then, and I can't remember what the values were, but I remember there being some discussions, and I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. And I can't even remember. It, it feels like so far Well, I think at the time away. we were also... And, and trying to learn, and the external influences is exactly part of this. We were including, like, nine people in trying to, to tell us what our values right, were. exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and so it's like they were telling us what their personal values were, and sometimes out of everybody's trying to do the right thing, but you're not necessarily tying it into our overarching business and how it works. You're tying it into just your personal vibes, and you're like, well, we believe in this, so this is what we're – you know, and, and we – when you have trusted compadres, you kind of can get sucked into that, and I think we did a little bit. Yeah, we, and I, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, if you think about it in the in in the context of growth, because you were saying you will refine them over time as you learn better ways. The person who is asking about, you know, what do you regret not having, and what do you, what was a non-negotiable? I was gonna go on and say, think of it like art. How many times does an artist redraw the same thing each time, making it better and better and better? A sculptor doesn't like. Sculptor, sculpt, you know, whoever, who sculpted the, Mike, who, who sculpted the David? Michelangelo. 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 Yeah, Michelangelo. Who, Michelangelo who, who, didn't David go in there. sculpted the Michelangelo. <laughs> he didn't go in there. <laughs> but <laughs> with hands. But, I mean, you and know, arms. you go in there, you do big, you do big, big chunks, you cut out big chunks, and then you refine over time. You're not going to, you know, when I draw a drawing, how many times am I redrawing it, just refining the lines each time to get it more clearly into the picture that I want it to be that, you know, same thing with the values. You're like, ah, oh, we have this rough idea, and right now, these four or five things best summarize that. And as you grow and as you learn them and as you use them, you learn, oh, yeah, this is actually better represented with hospitality. Yeah, you refine that, it. Uh, you refine it. I totally it, it agree. was just that imagery of like, a, you know, watching Michael Foy draw a drawing. He is, he'll sketch it out really quickly and then a new layer and like, oh, I really like this line. Okay, I'm going to refine that. And then, you ink it, and then you do it. Okay, cool. I'm going to – oh, I like the sticker stroke here. And it, it's just kind of an interesting way of refining yeah, what you work on. Yeah, it's not – you're not going to come out perfect with the best values each time. And likewise, you shouldn't be scared when you decide, I need to change them. Right, because you're not changing the spirit of what you believe. Right. You know, I yeah. mean, think about it in the context of writing. Let's say you're not a writer. You don't write at all on a regular basis, but you have an idea that you want to share with the world – and you decide to write a book on it, how good is that book going to be? Probably not very, even though the idea might be pure. And maybe in some sense you kind of understand it, but if you're not, you've never practiced doing what you're trying to do, you're not going to do it that well. And that's good. That's fine. You do that, and then you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. Who are you smiling at? Whoever. Someone coming into the parking lot pretty What a nice guy. <clears throat> Smile, make eye contact. Hospitality. Hospitality. You had to, it was such a glow. It looked like you yeah. just saw your best friend. Tell me that guy doesn't want to come in here, dude. Yeah. <laughs> don't it's even my know my viral you. marketing campaign. You just like his Camry, don't you? <laughs> I'm a Camry guy. I have one, too. You're a Camry guy. Uh, oh, you're a Camry guy? same Sorry. color, dude. I really derailed you with my smile. No, it's fair. It's okay. That happens. I was pretty much done. How's it going? Awesome. Oh, you bet. See, the hospitality continues. My first value is underailable. Underailable. <laughs> Unrailable. So that was the thread. Keep pulling it, and the whole thing will unravel. No, but here's the thing: if you change your values to a to a something that's right, like Chris said, is not in the same spirit, it won't feel right. It'll feel weird. Yeah. And then there's a difference between refining and changing. So, uh, you know, towards the beginning when we refined the first time, I remember immediately it was like so much resistance the first time, and that's because there was this fear of like, no, we're changing. It's like, nope, we're we're getting clearer. Yeah. We're getting clearer. Or it's gonna help, and and they have consistently gotten, I think, better over time, even when we were off. And so, 
I think they will be as perfect as you can make them each time. There's yeah. no way around that. Because, yeah. you know, you're going to do your best, hopefully. And if you do it intentionally and you kind of do your back work to see how, to try to see how things connect, right? The mix between operations and emotions and where those two things intersect. Like if you do your best with that, you're going to have a better, a better outcome than the people who don't. And that's, that's kind of what, that's why you can't really look back and have regrets because it is literally the best you can do. And if you'll, and only you'll know, like, that's why I can look back and be like, dude, I spent as much brain power as possible putting this together with those guys. So uh, there's nothing I could have done better at the time, given the hand that I was dealt. I mean, when I look back at the business, the things that I do regret are the times when we did something that wasn't in line with our core values. Yeah. Just to kind of make it work in the moment. Those things are more regrettable. Those things are regrettable. Opening a store and not having everything perfect is not regrettable at all. And you will make mistakes too, just for everybody out there. Like, just you're gonna do it because there's so there's only so much human capacity. And I think usually when we made those poor mistakes, we were like at the end of our ropes and making rush decisions. And you can always take more time, and that's maybe our learning has been kind of consistently our learning over time. But there's gonna be times where we will make those mistakes because we're just burnt, and you're just like, dude, I gotta do something. And that's part of the learning too. And you'll know that's the best part. If they're against your values, then you kind of have a you'll know in the gut. And if it's not, and if it isn't the values and the mistake, you just kind of like know in your heart and you're sad about it. You don't have any regrets or shame. You're like, damn, that was gross, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to run a business. Tough to be a human, though, too. So <laughs> shout out to all you humans out there. That's interesting. So what you just said actually reminds me of your location analogy where in the same way that you could rush into a poor location, you could also rush into a bad decision. Uh-huh. And either way... What time has taught us is that it's always okay to take a little more time. You just have to be ready to deal with the consequences either way. Right. Because if you take a little more time, then Something you got to eat a, a certain kind of, you know, there's something that goes along with that. So when we were opening Portola, if we were going to take more time, more time meant, you know, working in jobs that were low paying, doing double duty kind of you know, dealing with that stress and that struggle of what life was like at that particular right. moment. And going into a crappy location, you'd have to eat it on the other end. Where, uh -huh. okay, cool, maybe we got this good, fast start, and then this place sucks, so we can't actually... You're actually we're doing actually out of work. business, it's, in, it's not sustainable. And the same thing is true about decisions, where it's like, if we make a decision, where it's like, I, we need to think about this, we need to be thoughtful, some shit might go down in the time that we're putting off this decision so we can fully think about it that we might have to jump in and take some action to whatever, who knows? Right. You know what I mean? It, we could have some big decision to make and it's like, if we don't make this decision now, half the staff's going to quit. It's like, okay, cool. That sucks. But this hasn't happened by the way, but <laughs> we need to do our due diligence in making the decision. So we have to be thoughtful about it. And yeah. then, like that would be the right thing to do, even if half the staff quit. And then we would have a whole other host of things to do to plug that gap and to try to figure that out. We'd have other work to do. Yeah. But if we made the decision in alignment with our values or didn't make the decision because we needed to run it by our values, we're still making the right decision, even though it maybe sucks right now. Yeah. Because the other thing is way more painful. Good talk, everyone. You always got something in the banana stand. Turns out fishing is a great analogy, except for the license thing, okay? <laughs> license are just basically a stamp. That's five bucks. Anybody yeah, but that's a one. part in the process. It that's, is part of the process. That's where I feel you like this person's on point. Uh, like, oh, now you like the fishing analogy. Well, no, I, I, no I, I, didn't, I never had any beef with the fishing analogy. <laughs> There's no beef in fish, I said Chris. the fishing analogy was on point. Oh, There's no oh, beef oh, in Oh, you're fish. engaging in a process with no guarantee of results. Oh, okay. But you're, you know, you're trying your best and you're doing your due diligence. Right? Yeah. So that's where I never, when he said just casting, I never thought about it as like he's just casting. I'm assuming the whole time he's doing what he has to do, right? It's like, cool, I'm going to go get a rod. I'm going to go get some bait. I don't know if it's the right kind of bait, but I'm getting some kind of bait because I know I need some bait. Basic shit. I'm going to go to a place where maybe there's fish just because I heard about it. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I'm just doing my best. Yeah. And that's how mm. starting a pro like starting a project is, starting a business is. You have to have intention. You can't just be like, whoa, 
you know, casting willy nilly or willy nilly casting. You can't just be fucking going out casting out there willy nilly. Out there willy nilly. That's why I can't fly fish, dude. I don't know how to fly. Never you could learn. learn though. I could learn, but I can. I got. I can catch my fish with my salmon eggs. <laughs> no waiters. Okay, it's a mix between meditation and catching fish. <laughs> okay, bye. I think that was a good one. It was a good one. How are you feeling, Chris? I was feeling great. I was reminded about really um, Seth Godin's story about fly fishing. It was he went on a fly fishing trip with a group of people, and he asked the teacher because they had a teacher. It was like a, a some sort of course or whatever. He asked the teacher if he had a fly with no hook on it. And the dude was like, uh, I guess I could. Yeah, let me see. And he found one. So his whole group, it's like four or five people. They're out there, you know, casting over and over again. And because he has no hook on his fly, he's not concerned at all with catching a fish. He knows he actually won't. So by the end of an hour or two, he actually had the best form out of anybody because all that his mind is occupied by mm. is the actual <clears throat> process and form of casting. And his friends are all stressed out about actually trying to catch a fish, and it's so distracting that it's making their casting worse. Mm. And it's just this interesting thing that sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, you do need to have some sort of outcome. Like, if you're a professional, you need to bring home the fish is it part of the story. But... Too often we get focused on that end thing and ignore everything that we need to put in to get there. Fishing. That was, that was real good. Hey, everyone. That's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com. Or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast, and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single-origin coffees, or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places. YouTube, Instagram, we're always there sharing amazing things. All right, that's it. Thanks, everyone, for being awesome. We'll be back next week.